0: Hey everybody, we continue our read-through of the New Testament, and today we begin the letter of 1 Peter. The readers of the Apostle Peter's letter were confused and discouraged by the persecution that they were encountering because of their faith. And Peter exhorts them in this letter to stand strong, repeatedly reminding them of Christ's example, the riches of their inheritance in Him, and the hope of His returning again to take them to heaven. Peter explained how Christians should respond when they suffer because of their belief. Called the Apostle of Hope, Peter's primary message is to trust the Lord, live obediently no matter what your circumstances, and keep your hope fixed on God's ultimate promise of deliverance. Suffering is to be expected, but it is temporary and yields great blessings for those who remain steadfast. So that introduction of the letter, let's go ahead and read chapter 1 of 1 Peter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with His blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. So we'll just stop right there before we go any further. That might be one of the most theologically dense introductions or greetings that you will ever read. right? Notice a few things, right? To those who are the elect exiles of the dispersion, right? This is a picture of what it is to be a member of Christ, to be the Israel of the world, the true Israel of God, who are citizens of heaven and as such pilgrims in this world, that we live in exile, that we are uh, not in our home, right? We are awaiting to go home, either when we go to be with the Lord or the Lord comes to gather us. But we are not home in this world. We are pilgrims, exiles passing through. And what has established our elect status, our exile status? Well, first, the foreknowledge of God, right? That is His foreknowing of us. That is not a, a word of cognition, right? Where he looks through the corridors of time, sees who's going to pick them. No, that, that is the picture of for love, right? Those who he knew. Uh, the the Hebrew relation to it is yada. Adam knew his wife, right? This picture is intimate love. It is that he placed his Affection upon us, right? And, and so that is what establishes our elect nature, uh, our elect exile status. Now, and secondly, it is our sanctification by the Spirit. The Spirit is at work sanctifying us and through sanctifying us, setting us apart from the world for obedience to Jesus Christ, right? So we are being set apart to live for Christ. So us being set apart Right first, by the electing love and foreknowledge of the Father, then, in this time, being sanctified by the Spirit, being changed, transformed away from the world for a life that is obedient to Christ, right, that is obedient to Christ and and that is covered by his blood, is what sets us apart as different, set apart, elect exiles in this world, citizens of heaven, pilgrims, passing. things into which angels long to look. All right, we'll stop there. Man, it just gets more and more dense, doesn't it? But it's so important here. This is so, so incredible. Peter doesn't begin this letter with compassionate sympathy or sorrow to those who are suffering, but with a bold cry of victory and a song of worship. It seems as if he's minimizing the pain, but he's But he's not minimizing their pain. Rather, he's raising their eyes above and beyond their suffering to God and his plan to rescue and satisfy them forever. Uh, To our 21st century consciences, that might seem insensitive. Our, Our counseling and sensitivity conditioning says we should be quiet, somber, and apologetic in this situation. But Peter presents a different approach. In fact, his next words are, In this you rejoice though now for a little while, if necessary, that you've been grieved by various trials, right? Peter takes the potential of their lifelong pain, perhaps violent, even fatal, which in many cases it was, and makes it sound like just a bad day, maybe a week, right, when he says just a little while. Some of us desperately need to be bold, we need to be slow to speak and gentle when speaking and slow to declare answers or solution. Uh, there is wisdom, oftentimes, in the slow to speakness and gentleness that is often marked and and, for, and told about in scriptures. However, right there is also a time, right, when we should lead people to worship, right, to to lift their eyes to God. Notice. Peter never undermines their pain or their suffering, and we need to be very careful. And so perhaps the best thing to do, rather than trying to be our own version of Peter, is simply point them to the words of Peter and let them see the glorious truths found in this reality, right? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because in the midst of their suffering, in the reality that there is a purpose in it, and that purpose is is that their faith can be tested and it can be proven and shown genuine. That is, it can be strengthened and grown. And in the midst of their pain, in the midst of this light and momentary affliction that that they are going through, they can look and know that it is for a purpose. And more importantly, how, Peter closes in this concept here is that not only can they look to the the pain and know that it is being worked for their good, but they can look to Christ himself who endured such pain, that which the prophets had foretold about the nature of Christ who would endure suffering, and that those prophets who wrote those things regarding Christ did so to serve the new covenant believer today that all the things the prophet foretold, right, they looked and longed to see in Christ and we now behold fully in the suffering of Christ. And so the idea here is that in the midst of the pain, right, the call is to know that your pain has a purpose, that it isn't meaningless. And if you, and if you think that you've been wronged by God, then look to the son, look to the son who suffered himself for you and know that his suffering was for a greater purpose. It was for your salvation and your suffering in the midst of this present time, this light momentary affliction. Is for your sanctification. You're being made like the one who came to suffer for you. And so the idea is when things are going terrible around you, set your eyes above, set your eyes on the hope and the glories of Christ who suffered for you. It is a it is that our knowledge that we have a big God that eclipses every pain. And therefore he calls us now. to a a life of holiness, not vengeance, not not fighting back, but remaining holy for the Lord because our faith is being being tested and forged in the flames of suffering. Verse 13, Therefore, preparing your mind for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ thanks be to God. And so here is the call to holiness, right? Don't don't slip into the world. Don't let the pain and persecution cause you to slip away from what you have in Christ, right? You've been ransomed from those futile ways, not by perishable things like silver and gold, but you are called away, drew away, ransomed, purchased, bought by the precious blood of Christ who himself is holy, and who himself came to die and give himself for us, but has been raised to glory and forever is seated, declaring the victory of God over the world. And so saints, in the midst of what seems to be temporary and and often perceived losses in the world. Know that they are not losses, but you belong to the victor himself, Christ Jesus. Therefore, having your souls purified by your obedience to the truth, right? The reality that you live in light of the word of God, that you maintain a brotherly love and, and purity. Know that you've been born again, that your faith, your obedience, your steadfastness is a picture that you've been born again, not by perishable seed, right? Not of the flesh, but of imperishable. That is the spirit of God. And that regeneration comes through the preaching of the word, right? The word of God is what produces faith in believers. It is the word of God that is acted upon by the Spirit of God to place the life of God in believers, right? And that is why the word of the Lord remains forever. The gospel remains of the forever. The truth of the gospel remains forever. And so no matter what happens in the life, no matter how fleeting and fading the world around you is and the flesh is, know that if you are in Christ you are in the truth. You have the good news of His saving grace upon you forever and ever. And it will not fail or fade no matter what Happens to you in this world. So take heart weary believer. In the midst of the pain. In the midst of the persecution. In the midst of the sorrow. You have a big God. And a big Savior. You have been sealed and sanctified by a big spirit. And therefore let your pain melt away. In the glories of what you have in Christ. God bless.